Welcome to the Infinity 88 Listening Hour, brought to you by Infinity 88. We are here to awaken and enlighten. We are here to commune with our higher powers and our baser instincts. We are here to introduce you to headphone spirituality. We are here for you. And together, we will restore nature's balance through technology. Welcome to the Infinity 88 Listening Hour, brought to you by Infinity 88. I'm Libby Modern. And I'm John Modern. You may know us as the hosts of Machines in Between, the experimental audio series that asks you what you love when you love your machine. The Infinity 88 Listening Hour is a spin-off of Machines in Between. And a branding opportunity. A gift, really. To you, the listener at home. And to your future self. And to your past selves, too. We are in harmony. As you are in harmony. As they are in harmony. That means that the pieces that appear on the Infinity 88 Listening Hour have been chosen for their compatibility with Infinity 88 technological specifications. Chosen for their generosity of spirit and their commitment to the general good. Chosen for their capacity to contribute to the global struggle to restore nature's balance through technology. We are grateful to our sponsor, Infinity 88, for providing the means to achieve headphone spirituality. Infinity 88 creates moments that move people. In over 75 countries across all seven continents, even in outer space, Infinity 88 brings the extraordinary to life for everyday people and all manner of muckety-mucks. Infinity 88 serves people where they live, whether it be the poorhouse or the penthouse. Seekers, dwellers, artists, lurkers, working stiffs, personal trainers, Executive sweeters, social influencers, politicians, makers, takers, A-listers, and B-sides. Welcome to the infinite. Welcome to Infinity 88. Bravery leads to discovery. Discovery leads to a greater understanding coupled with an ability to control one's destiny. Infinity 88 can help. Infinity 88. Infinity 88. Restoring nature's balance through technology. Featured today on the Infinity 88 Listening Hour is a piece by the artist Krista Dragomer and the theologian Beatrice Marovich. It's called Nights in Between, and it's a conversation about a profound reorientation of our senses that is underway. Dangerous and hopeful, too. The very fact that our sensorium changes across a lifetime, wow. 
We see and hear differently than we did before. We taste and smell and touch differently than we did the day before. So some precious time to sit with our senses. To experience their degradation, their dissolution, and their remaking. To resist a world of maximum brightness. Here is Nights in Between. The pandemic changed the night. We went to bed earlier, stayed up later, slept all day or not at all. It is too small for my tiredness. Give me a hill topped with trees. Tuck a cloud up under my chin. Lord, love, we tossed and turned with troubled dreams. We lived in multiple time zones through our 24-hour screens. In New York City, we met the night. Before the pandemic, the infamously fast minutes in the city that never slept were metered not by night and day, but by beats of work and play. Sunsets dissolved into a swell of music and lights, the sounds and sights of industries perpetually played in the round. To keep our skies lit around the clock, we kept our darkness in other places. It pooled in gaps between pre-war apartments and the new condo buildings built beside them. In the skyscrapers cutting lines out of the sky and casting shadows the length of a small creature's lifetime. We stored it in black plastic bags, on streets where the garbage goes uncollected, and in the bodies whose wounds go untended. And then, night fell like a curtain hushing across the slowing streets. The darkness was let out. calibration of our senses opened new questions. The darkness came to me as an absence and a presence, a nothing and a force pressing against me, contouring my perceptions into new shapes. Foreground and background traded places, and I felt my own body as a kind of shadow. I was dematerialized to the digital, yet present, as an edge, a dark outline revealing the presence of other dark matter. I danced alone in my apartment, alternately fighting against the new nothing with screens and streams of light, and letting myself be subsumed by this new night. Unable to gather with people, the cosmos became my companions. Seeking the face of a familiar, Thank you.
particular point of view. The senses are the meeting place of culture, biology, ethics, philosophy. We experience senses, uh, however individual and private they feel. We experience them really through consensus. The only way that I know how sight works is by comparing that to sight of other people. I'm Beatrice Maravich. I'm Krista Dragomer. Can you tell me a little bit more about how the night is related to or kind of plays into some of the, the work that you do on sensation and perception? I'm really interested in the cultural history of the senses, how senses came to be known as sight or as sound. Or There's a mixture of the, the public and the private, the individual and the collective that's happening just through the sensorial experience. Perception is the mechanism by which we organize our sensory experiences into interpretive information. They're all habits that show us a lot about our cultural values. They frame the way we think about things like night and the way we make associations with night. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of it. All the wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was evening the first day. All of those questions of perception. And we tossed and turned with troubled dreams. We lived in multiple time zones through our 24-hour screens. I feel like I only work, I only function when the sun is out. Sometimes I feel invisibly broken, well-oiled, efficient, but empty. Making little toys to gather dust on some shelf. of this city that never slept were metered not by day and night but by beats I think that we're in a cultural moment of maximum brightness our lives are surveilled and illuminated by this notion that everything needs to be seen Desires and emotions, able to do. 
thoughts to our intimate companions. We need to be able to speak exactly what we want in sex. You know, we need to be able to somehow explicitly lay out all of our erotic desires. I used to stay up late writing when no one could find me, smoking cigarettes at my desk. But, you know, I track my sleep now. I turn off my notifications at nine. Nothing disturbs me. There's a little digital watcher on my wrist that recreates me in its own image. I want to obey it, to please it. So I never open that unlocked box of the night anymore. I have this dim historical awareness of some other kind of night. And that's what's been different, I could say, about this period of time, this period during the pandemic. is It's really it created a disruption in all of those assumptions and required us to look at those, all of the attendant fears that are connected with night and darkness and uncertainty. There are secrets I used to share with the night that I don't know how to recover. Those secrets feel like some lost mystery of myself or that part of me that isn't really myself that I'm always looking for. Fears about our bodily health, fears about the future, all of those things. About death. came to me as an absence and a presence, a nothing and a force pressing against me, contouring my perceptions into new shapes. Foreground and background traded places, and I felt my own body as a kind of Your, your paintings are primarily dark spaces with some presence of light. What, what can you tell me about the relationship between those um, dimensions of light and dark in your um, paintings? So I'm doing a number of black-on-black pieces where I'm basically using different kinds of black paint or ink layered on top of each other. So I'm using some flat and some that have a gloss to them. Um, And then I'm working with a little bit of graphite. There are a couple of effects. One is that you only can perceive the figuration in that space uh, in at certain angles and it feels it looks different at different times so you register those differences in your own sensing body as opposed to me drawing them out for everybody to see more or less in a similar way so one of the things that really strikes me when i look at your night work is that um a lot of the light in the images looks indiscernible to me from a certain kind of water. 
So there, there seems to be a, a presence of water in these paintings in some way. Um, it looks, you know, like some of the figures are, you know, below water or, or somehow engaging with water. So can you tell me a little bit about why I might be sensing or perceiving that when I look at these paintings? I like to use a lot of watery images because it's the carrier of so much meaning. You know, there's dark water in these, you know, and dark water is this unknown space. You know, we know it's full of life and that's scary. It also feels sort of annihilating you know, being in the presence of water at night, you know, being in, or even wading into a lake at night. There's such a sense of forbiddenness that you're entering some space that you maybe don't belong in or don't know if you can get out of. You know, there's, there's such a presence to that night and night water. So it becomes a kind of the presence of our uncertainties and our fears and um, but also a kind of release you know back to the idea of the secrets or what we're able to do differently in the night you know that it opens up a kind of portal into a different kind of experience a kind of wildness um, so I'm, I'm interested in having these kind of water references and in the work, not to try to locate people in a particular environment. I'm not trying to say, now we're at the beach or now we're in a river, Um, but to feel the presence of uh, all that's within us kind of spilling out, uh, all of that surrounds us, all that we're moving through and questioning, all those different relationships we have with dark water. It kind of brings me back to the passages from Genesis where, you know, in the very beginning of this text, we're told that God's face is moving over the deep. And you kind of, I mean, at least I kind of get this sensory image of the ocean at night, right? Like the moon's face over the dark water. Um, And yet at the same time, um, you know, we're then told that, that, you know, light and dark come out of that space. And so maybe pre-creation moment, there is this less bifurcated sort of um, luminous experience, which is both light and dark together at once, but also in some ways day and night, uh, and also maybe water and sky. And it, it also kind of brings up a question for me, which is that we think we know what the night is. Uh, But when we start to talk about it, sometimes it gets a little more complicated. What do you think the night is? And how do you think that affects what you're making? I think there's sort of thin boundaries between one kind of night and another night, or, you know, an internal night and an external night. There's a kind of collective night and individual night. I've never been good at assessing, you know, what something is and saying it definitively. I think I just try to get close to it in as many different ways. Um, you know, feel it as 
a force and a threat as an erotic other, all of those relationships. Um, none of them get me closer to being able to answer that question of what the night is, but there's a real endeavoring to be in the presence, not to pin it down, not to understand it, but to maybe open more to what's mysterious and life-giving about it. A cloud up under my chin Lord, blow the moon out, please That was Beatrice Marovich and Krista Dragomer and their bedazzling piece, Nights in Between. Oh, how visible objects are always already more than the pixels that percolate and shine on. They certainly are. Thank you. For listening to the Infinity 88 Listening Hour. Brought to you by Infinity 88. The undisturbed mind is like a calm body of water reflecting the brilliance of the moon. Empty the mind and you will realize the undisturbed mind that is enjoyed by the machines provided by Infinity 88. Infinity 88. Restoring nature's balance through technology. Thank you for listening to the Infinity 88 Listening Hour, brought to you by Infinity 88. We will meet again sooner than you think. Goodbye for now. Bye for now.